Have you heard all the buzz? Well, if you haven't, you need to. Queers in your ears is all people are listening to and something that you should be too. We'll take you on a journey every episode as we explore issues, triumphs, and hardships experienced by the LGBTQIA community. But spin it in a lighthearted, fun, and educational way with a little bit of sass. Wait, is that beer? Well, hey there, queer wigs. Welcome back to another episode of Gays on, on Tap. Tap. I'm Jamie. And I'm Austin. And we're already drunk. We're That's only half accurate. But I would like to say to our, our, all of our listeners, if I stutter, if Jamie stutters, if we just fall asleep in the middle of the podcast, it's the day after daylight savings. And it has been... It's been a week. It's been a week for me and it's only Monday. Literally, though. Can I just say that to everybody? Just so you know. It's an experience. Daylight savings time, I don't recommend. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. Yes, right? Here's what we should be doing with our time. Write your senators, write your Republican, I don't know what they're called, conservative, Democrat, whatever they are, and tell them that daylight savings times, is it times or just time? Just time. It's just the singular? I'm fried. I I literally don't even know where I am at the moment. Tell them that it's a a, a travesty. A tragesty. (laughs) And that it should be rebuked in the name of Satan. Abolish daylight savings time. Well, since we're uh, trying to soothe our wounds as being mortals, we are having a beverage. And I um, I think I'm pretty good at finding weird-ass shit at the bodega. So, Jamie, why don't you introduce your beverage for us today? I have a Passionate Escape Hard Cider by Noble. And let me just read the description for everybody. There is no... Dis- oh, yeah, there's no description, so... Love that for us. Actually, there is one. Is there? And you're just blind and deaf. Not that there's a problem with that. It's a limited release. Well, the ingredients, I'll just read them for you. It's apple juice, passion fruit juice, guava juice, orange juice, pineapple juice, and cane sugar. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's 6.8% alcohol. So here we go, folks. And then, hold on, I have to introduce my drink. True. You damn Sorry. fish. I'm always putting the whore, the cart before the horse. I thought you were going to call me a whore for a second. Uh, but also true. Um, so I'm drinking Stem Cider. That's the brand. And it's Chile Guava. And it's actually, I've already cracked the can to all of our listeners, Behind the scenes. Spoiler alert. Right. I've already cracked the can. It's absolutely delicious. It's a little spicy. It does have that, like, guava taste to it. It's a little fruity, passion fruity, which a girl loves. For a fruity. Exactly, exactly right. Fruity for the fruity. And uh, here's to the queers in your ears. Jamie, why don't you crack your can? Mm, that doesn't look That was really disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Noble, get your carbonation game up. That's actually pretty good. Do you like it? It's sweet, but it's good. Okay, great. I love that. And if you don't want it, you can always have mine, too. I'm not... I'm here for whatever. Okay. Because we are the queers in your ears. Okay, Jamie, here's the question of the day while we're drinking and, you know, gesticulating and trying to, you know, what's the word? Um, I guess decompress for the day. For me, anyway. What is your preference? Toaster strudels or Pop-Tarts? Which bitch are you? Well, let, let me just say, growing up, didn't have a choice. Uh, so I'm a Pop-Tart gal. Pop-Tarts are where it's at. The Wildberry... Wildberry Pop-Tart slaps. Or the freaking chocolate chip. That is where it's at for me. I was definitely... I'm also... I'm I, I'm torn because I went to my grandmother's house a lot as a kid, and she didn't have kids. So she's like, I'm gonna buy y'all Toaster's Doodles. And so I had both... I had the best of both worlds. So Pop-Tarts at home 
Pop tarts at home, grandma's. but they were the great value pop tarts. They were not brand name pop tarts. So we never had like wildberry. We had like blueberry. That's it. No TM. <laughs> I'm nothing. not laughing. At and you. it was delicious still. And the shit was it slapped with like two percent whole milk because my parents were like, we need to feed these children. Yeah, I would actually say toaster strudels because I have to because the opposition of the show. I want to make sure we're really balanced. But toaster strudels. Um, they are involved AF, and when you're, like, an ADHD young child, I don't want to put that shit and wait for it to warm up. I want to eat a raw Pop-Tart out of the cabinet. You know what I mean? Yeah, and these people who are, like, if you just heat up the Pop-Tart, it, like, slaps 100% It does more. slap. Like, it does no. slap. But she says no. <laughs> Pop-Tarts are a snack of convenience, to your point. It's all oh, about being, like, grab and go, yeah. and that's why I was, like, I don't have time to wait for the toaster to go off. Do you, Do you know have this you morning? Done it? This morning. Well, okay, tell me. I was having a bagel for breakfast, and I... Put the toaster like button down. Forgot for an hour that my bagel was just sitting in the toaster. I've done that before. So you're the kind I... of person who burns their house down. Also, <laughs> I've lived in this house since June and it has not burned down. So. Knock on wood. Okay. Yes, exactly. I totally get that though. We've got things going on. Okay. We are queens trying to make our lives happen. I know. I get IBS. Honestly, every other no five one minutes, wants to so. work anymore. Get your ass up and go to work. Said Kim I, Kardashian. I, 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 I can't. We should do an episode on the Kardashians. We should. You know what? She also she what got did up she and do worked now? for that seventy-two day marriage that she had. <laughs> so you're right. She really did that. She really did that, and she didn't do anything else other than get stubbed on camera. Yeah, she got cum on her back, and she's famous. like, who hasn't? Okay, I'm not out there making money off of that. That's a spiritual practice. Honey, How did then we... who's subscribing to your OnlyFans? Honey, toaster strudels aren't the only thing covered in cream, honey. <laughs> But anyway, but that's another thing I don't like about toaster strudel. I think the cream for me would be too sweet, so I'm like, mm, yeah. It's nay. I just think you're a hating ass bitch, is what I really think. I do have to give toaster strudel <laughs> the advantage, though. You can like draw your like design on it, and but you know a hundred percent that it won't go down like the commercials. No, like, it, if you're you would struggle. You always draw a dick, or like you smear it on. You know what's smart though is like here's my privilege: take a butter knife and then spread it. You get the icing packet separately in a toaster strudel, which is also kind of like, let's add more plastic to the mix. But it is worth it for all you bitches out there that are toaster strudel hoes. I see you. I don't. And there's like a raspberry flavor. You're not recognized. Okay. Well, you know what? That's that on that then. That's queers in your ears, baby. I don't know what to tell you. So you're a a Pop-Tart baby and I'm a toaster strudel baby. I do love Pop-Tarts though. They are classic. You can't go wrong with them. There's a cinnamon pop tart and it's got like cinnamon frosting on it oh here's the, okay i'm sorry to keep this going but there's one more controversial okay. thing no icing on your to- on your pop tarts you know they make the pop tarts yeah, without icing i can do that psychopath that's you're a psychopath the, no that's how the chocolate chip ones are oh they don't have any sort they don't of have frosting on it i don't know what's the filling is it just chocolate filling or is it chocolate chip filling that's a good question i've never paid attention to that i'm just like mm, tastes like chocolate chips and i'm keep going comment below <laughs> okay well well, Cheers. That was Gaze on Top. Cheers in your ears. Welcome back, Queer Wigs. This is Austin. Hi, I'm Jamie. And welcome back to Queers in Your Ears. Today's episode is going to be super fun. I can't wait about it. We're shaking it up. We've never done this before. Are you shaking in your boots? Boots the house down, mama. mama. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you what this episode's like topic is about i think we have a problem you have a problem you're in the wrong place you're not a queer and you're not in my ear and you need to get out i'm just kidding everyone can stay but jamie would you like to introduce or would you like me to do it this this week honestly you're my guest so you can do it okay i will i absolutely will um so we're gonna talk about drag race yeah specifically drag race rupaul's drag race well i think we'll touch upon drag as like a topic in general 
but we're kind of really talking about like the drama of drag race because there's a lot of drama. I think any community member of the LGBTQIA community is like privy to it. And even our allies. That's correct. And we will get to that later as well. So I'm excited. Um, but I think we should start off with the basics. A lot of people listening, maybe they don't know what drag is. I don't think they do. I mean, sometimes it, I feel like it is a very hard um, topic to grasp because drag is an ever-evolving art form. Mm-hmm. But for our listeners, drag is a gender-bending art form in which a person dresses in clothing and makeup meant to exaggerate a specific gender identity, usually the opposite sex. Okay, so someone who considers themselves one gender dresses up as the other. What society dictates as the other gender. Yes, okay, but... I love that. Well, drag's main purpose is you know, been all about drag performance and entertainment, it's also used as self-expression and a celebration of LGBTQIA plus pride. A typical drag show will include lip syncing or dance, and performers often have elaborate clothing, hair, and makeup on. Okay, so where does drag get its start, Jamie? So the history of drag has deep roots within Western culture, specifically in the theater um, kind of district. So back in the olden days, women were not permitted to perform on stage, so men would play female roles. Right. And drag performances were featured as far back as ancient Greece, and they were also carried through Shakespearean times. Which we've talked about in a previous episode, because, uh, unfortunately, and I think erroneously, women were not allowed to play men's roles or whatever any role in the theater so men wore women's clothing and women's makeup and portrayed women characters in different plays yes and one thing i think about all the time is i think in high school kids go through a unit in school where they do shakespeare they watch shakespeare in love with gwyneth paltrow which is clearly a staple a classic and that to me like that's how i equip it because that was set during shakespeare times she was a woman she couldn't play as a woman. So she dressed up as a man to play a woman. It is a, actually a really good movie. It is. And that's drag. That's drag, drag mama. She was the first drag king. Yes. We love that for her. And then in the 19th century, female impersonators began to use the medium as a performative art, especially in vaudeville shows. In the 1880s, the first drag queen, William Dorsey Swan, hosted drag balls at his home. By the early 20th century, drag was tied to the LGBTQIA plus community, a community that was marginalized in the United States, as many of us know, mm-hmm. and it was no longer a part of popular mainstream entertainment. Instead, performances became a popular aspect of city nightlife, especially in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York City. After the 1969 Stonewall riots in New York City and through the 1990s, gay culture and gay pride built mainstream support, and with that came the popularity of drag race culture. As many of us know, drag became more mainstream with the addition of RuPaul's Drag Race and the drag queen RuPaul. I've never heard of her. Is the queen of drag. She is the queen. She is like the icon of all drag. Yes. And I, okay, so let's take this from here. So after the Stonewall riots and after the Stonewall and the gay rights movement, civil rights movement also as well, also as well, by the way, that's two also's, um, it kind of transforms into the ball scene, which Paris is burning kind of picks up on that scene okay so a lot of people who are liberated within the community within within our community the trans community especially and especially in the people of color trans community they are kind of taking this to another level it's a competition now drag is a competition so to me actually it's the reverse so oh okay 
the current mainstream drag scene got a lot of their influences from the ball scene because in the ball scene you have a bunch of different categories there's um mm-hmm. femme queens there's butch queen walking in drag for the first time right so a lot of those influences come also from the trans community because the trans community when oftentimes people are transitioning they start to dress up as the opposite gender right and that falls into a certain category that they walk in and it becomes theater because they have to do it in a sense and and they want to do it because that's how they feel in a sense as well so it's kind of a very nuanced thing. Drag is, it kind of comes from a lot of different mixes, right? It does. It comes from a lot of different places. And a lot of shows, for example, right now, like there's a show, obviously Pose, mm-hmm. highlights a lot of what was happening in the 80s and 90s for the ballroom scene. Right. They kind of delve into the more transgender level as well as kind of the categories, but a really good show right now, it's called Legendary. They, it's a competition show where houses come and compete for $100,000, but that does a great job of explaining the ballroom scene, the categories that people fall into, what people are most famous for. So I do recommend that if you haven't had a chance to watch Legendary, go ahead and watch it because it explains that to a whole nother level yeah. of people who are actually experiencing it in their everyday life. And it's kind of like the American Idol version of like ballroom, right? Yeah, because it's like it's like televised competition. It's really interesting, actually. Yeah, and they, for me, I love it because they have a very what is called an icon in the ballroom scene. They have an icon as a judge, so she knows what she's looking for. Her name is Laomi, mm-hmm. and for me, like everything that she says and everything that she brings to the competition like, is gospel. Is yeah. yeah, love that, love that. And if you haven't seen Paris is Burning, where is the rock that you're living under? Crystal Labeja. Crystal Labeja. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that's a good kind of synopsis of everything. But, okay, so from here, Drag Race kind of, or drag, I should say, transforms into this highly commercialized thing. And if we start at the beginning of Drag Race, like, I started watching, I don't know, probably, like, in the sixth grade. Which, I'm sure it was on, like, its eighth season by then, let's be for real. It's on season 14 now, the the United States version. Yes, so it... I believe it started in 2010, but let me just double check. Oh, that can't be right. 2009. We came unprepared. Okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. So Drag Race started in 2009 and has you been going close. since then. I can't believe that. It feels like it's been so long. So I remember the first two seasons are like Vaseline filtered to the gods. You can't first see season. anything. The first no, season. No, the second season was not great either. I'll take your word for okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen? What, when did you start watching? So I started watching when season um, I think I actually started watching in high school, but I started with season seven and then I worked so my like way three back. weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched them a couple times too. It's for me, it's something that is very enjoyable and I like to hear people's experiences with yeah. how they've grown up and like how they navigate the gay community within, the, within the show. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely like love that. Roxy Andrews being left at the bus stop. Yes, exactly. But we'll get to that, I guess. But I guess my point is, is that it's come such a, a long way since it started. And, and we will also talk about how it's become mainstream, but it wasn't mainstream for a really long time. I remember sneaking up and watching it on like Logo when it originally aired. Well, it, if you think about it, the prize was only $25,000 in 2009. And now it's $100,000 hairs. Yes. Which is insane. But for me, I feel like even though RuPaul has her problematic moments, she went on a limb and created a platform for a bunch of different people to voice their opinions. And she used her street cred from the RuPaul show and her comedic tours and everything her to bring it. Yes, yes fully. Her modeling. Um, we should also talk about her music career, but that'll probably be for the end. Um, yes, yeah, she, she definitely gives a platform to, for drag and for... 
I guess different people on in the, in the spectrum, like the LGBTQIA spectrum, because she's not only, I mean, she's problematic in the fa- fact that she has only been, um, putting on like gay men. Well, that's where I, so the, the show has definitely transcended to your point. So in yeah. the first couple of seasons, she was very adamant that she doesn't want any transgender people applying to the show. But then in season five, season five, Monica Beverly Hills came out as a trans woman. During the show? During the show on one of the runways. That's And then I think around season nine or ten, she had a change of heart. Um, I know that Peppermint came out after the show as well, Mm -hmm. and she was on season nine. But then this current season has five trans women. The trans takeover. part of the cast. Which we stand. Yes. And all stars. And excellent queens. Six. Kylie's. Kylie Love. So Neek, yes. One. And she was on season two. So gorgeous. Yes, she was. That's right. That's such a long time ago. And she has come a very long way. Yes, she has. Power to the people, absolutely. Well, we love RuPaul for that. It did take her a minute. And I also have opinions about, like, cisgendered men being on RuPaul's Drag Race. Or cisgendered uh, people, uh, cissexual people being on, on Drag Race. Because... Who, are we going to talk about Metamorphosis? Or so this Victoria is, Scone from the UK series? So yeah, so this has definitely brought a new era of who can apply to Drag Race. Mm-hmm. I think with the transgender women being on, that has really brought up a lot of more call for equality. Right. So I think that's why with season 14, she's trying to, to branch out into different avenues of who can be on the show. A lot of people actually are also calling for drag kings to be on the show because in more recent years a lot of the girls have been playing men on snatch game yes but before we get to that i do think we should definitely talk about maddie morphosis and cisgendered straight men being a part of the cast well i guess where we would start is the fact that i do have opinions about it and i also want to say that i do think drag is for everyone however if you come to RuPaul's Drag Race, which is, like, the competition for drag, it is, like, TV drag. It is, like, the highest form of camp drag that you can possibly do, even if you're, like, a classy-ass queen. You better fucking bring it. And Maddie Morphosis rolled in, gender or sexuality aside, and underperformed. And that's why he went home. And that's really all I have to say about it. I know you think a little differently, though. I was excited to see a cisgender treatment on the show because to your point I do think drag is for everybody yeah and I do think it opens up another pool for allyship within it opens up things to to a a more like varied competition base but again I think sometimes not not even that I think it Mm -hmm. it opens up another pool of acceptance Mm -hmm. within allies because in my thinking especially whenever I interact with a straight man, I oftentimes kind of get the vibe of like, oh, they're super uncomfortable because of my sexuality and they know that I'm gay. And I think if more straight men were accepted onto the show, possibly, and this is just a theory, right? that maybe more straight men would start watching it. Because I know that within our allyship, a lot of it is women and a lot of women get their significant others, whether that be a man to watch the, to show. Watch the show. It's so true. And it's like another form of understanding because a lot of the contestants open up and share their stories and you can kind of get a glimpse into how rough being a part of the LGBTQIA plus community is. Right. And for me, I think that's awe-inspiring. I mean, Maddie Morphosis didn't go into like 
his understanding of the gay community and everything because I think they were trying to limit his airtime anyway because he did go home early. So. He did go home early. I think he was trying to get there. I don't, I mean, I don't have any negative feelings against Manny Morphosis as a person or Manny Morphosis. I don't remember what his actual name was. Just to pause for our listeners, my eight-month-old puppy just walked into the room. So if you do hear some walking around or some lick smacking, that is him. He's just adding his little opinion to it. The lip smacking also may be me. I think another thing that I think about a lot is the fact that we can keep inviting, like, new and different people to the show is exciting. Well, I also had a problem, though, because I remember when she first started doing her... Or not... Hello, well, she. He started doing... Uh, Well, she. Yeah. Yes. So a problem I had with Metamorphosis Mm -hmm. was when they were starting to do the confessionals, he was like, I'm not going to share my sexuality. And then, like, sidebar to Betty being like... I know he's straight. But I'm also like, why wouldn't you share your sexuality with the queens? Does it really matter that much? Well, I think he didn't want to be the bitch who came in and, like, made a stink about who he was. Because he knew, and I'm going to say this, he knew, how do I say this? He knew that he wasn't there for that. That's not what he was there for. He was there to show off a very specific talent. And it's not about his story at this moment. It's about the work that he put in. It's not about his story. It's not about his personal story. He didn't get there because of any sort of struggle, any sort of kind of like hardship that most of us go through, even just to get out the door in the day. Do you know what I mean? I think he didn't want to make it a big deal because other people have shit going on. I think that's also why people have such a problem with it. Because straight men don't experience what we experience. And that's something to be said about gay community, just the gay community, because we also have that chip on our shoulder sometimes where we're like, oh, well, we're gay and we like, we've been through it. So no one else is allowed to like tell us what to do. That's not true. Other people have gone through it too, especially like people of color and trans people of color even more so. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes we, we are like that. That's where like our white problems come from. Like as white gay men, it's like, we think we're gay and we think we're oppressed, but we still have that privilege. I think he was smart in doing in keeping that, like, not a big part of his story, because it isn't a big part of his story, quite frankly. But I also think, I see where you're coming from, but I also think where you're coming from is how people become upset about new people coming into Drag Race. Does that make sense? You're having the same emotion that I think I had when he came in, but I also didn't want Victoria Scone, who was a biological queen, to come into UK either. And then I was like, you know what? Let her fucking do it. But she's also a lesbian. So she is a part of the community. But she's a biological woman. Not that it's an issue, but but it does change the game. I think that's also controversial because, like, trans women who come onto the show, that's, like, I don't know. Like, to me, how I viewed that was when trans women are on the show, they are are a woman competing. So what's the difference between Victoria Scone competing, you know? And you're right. You are right. And if virgins like Crystal Versace can also compete, everybody can compete. No virgins allowed. (laughs) But I think that's the issue, right? That's what we're all trying to work through. I'm so sorry. <laughs> gas bubbles. Um, no one with gas should be allowed on RuPaul's Drag Race. But Soju got on with assist. Do you remember Soju? Yeah. Was she the sister? She's like sister, but it's C-Y-S-T-E-R. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't even know why she brought up her sis, though. That's um, gross. Okay, another thing I kind of want to talk about, and I know we might get off on, like, 12 different tangents. That's but, fine. I mean, a- we're talking about Drag Race. Exactly right. Every single bitch has to have a sob story. And sometimes I'm like, okay, yes, cry on television about this. But sometimes the bitches are like, I'm sorry I didn't do well in this, this episode because I have a sis and it popped on the airplane. And I'm like, girl, come on. But to me, that's... It, it's just RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, 100%. 
is that drag really is for everyone. Yes, drag is for everybody. And I think if you're all if you're upset about it, that means you just need to go and like do you have a work more to do. research. Yes, you have work to do on yourself. Um, I do think that straight white men should not. Excuse me, I do have work to do on myself, and I know that I have work to do on myself, bitch. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but I have. I still think that straight white men, and I will say white because I think that's important, don't get as much leeway in terms of drag race. Like, you really have to be stunning to me. No, they don't. So Yes, they do have to be stunning to be on Drag Race. No, I meant, to your point, they don't have any leeway. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, then we agree. I think they need to work 200% harder than everybody else. You need to work twice as hard to get half as far. Her fashion sense, I was like, Ooh. Do you remember the G- Jennifer Lopez? Um, the Jennifer I Lopez that runway. Oh my god. I was like, that's a white bag. She put on a white... It's like the opposite of wearing just fabric. She just put on all of the fabric. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. But it's a good lesson. I think it's good, like you said, I think it's good just to have them on there in the first place, just to see where it can go for us. The and inclusivity. I think also, this is going to go off a tangent, so this is the last That's thing I'm going to say. I Listeners, think a lot of people buckle up. are concerned that like if more people from that group are on the show, it's going to take like the jobs from drag queens. But I'm also like... Anyone can be a drag queen these days, so there's going to be a plethora of people. Well, we have to decide. Like, what do we want? Is drag for everyone, or is it not? It is. I think it is for everybody. And RuPaul is an example to that, because a lot of the times she has now gone back, obviously because of backlash, but, like, she's <laughs> gone back on her word of, like, no trans women on the show. Right. Like, it's only for gay people, and now there's straight people on it. What about her oil rigs? She'll never go back on that girl. Guess who's fracking the house? <laughs> but speaking of queens, yes. Why don't we talk about who our favorite drag queen and least favorite drag queens are? Okay, I think I'm ready for this. Are you ready for it? Do we- I am, but I have to warn you, I can't pick like a favorite. A fa- I have like four that are in the top. I think I have four that are in the top as well. Okay. Actually, I know who my favorite is. Who is it? Simone is actually one of my favorite uh, drag queens of all time. She was in last season. She was in 13, I think. Yes. Gorgeous. Every single every single challenge that she did to me, it absolutely slapped. Every single drag shit look that she put together was high concept, which I really love in a queen. I love queens that are very artsy, and she's extremely artsy. And every single concept that she put together, I was like, this tells a story. She was gorgeous to me, and she still is. Um... Absolutely amazing. I love Sasha Velour. I love theatre. I love the, you know, the camp of, of drag that's done really well. Because I'm not a crunchy granola queen. Just because I was raised in a trailer doesn't mean I have to come out looking like Georgia did in that one challenge where she wore... <laughs> a piece of fabric, a fabric and, cookie and cookie cutters. And cookie cutters. And, and won. won the competition. But anyway, we won't want to talk about it. But yeah, I okay, so I would say Simone and Sasha are, are probably my two favorites. I love Katya just because of... Um, her weirdness. She's so weird. And Tammy Brown, speaking of weirdness, I have a lot of favorites, actually. Do you want to do favorites and worst, or do you want to do favorite, favorite, worst, worst? Favorite, favorite, worst, worst. Okay, so who's your favorite? Those are my, I think those are my four. You can have as many favorites as you want, by the way. So I'm only going to limit it to four <laughs> as well. <laughs> we're, so like gay, we're, like, yeah. we're so gay. We're like, I have 11 of them. So my first favorite, I would say, is Crystal Method. I, Are you serious? Yeah. I, I did not know that. I really enjoyed all of her concept. I wanted her to win so bad. She was very... And nice, too. She's so nice. Yeah, and she... Unlike Daya. For me, she, like... She went in, like, hot. 
and then she kicked it up a notch after certain mm. critiques and I was like these are these are like silhouettes I've never seen before this is not how I would typically interpret like you know how when you hear the challenge you're like oh my right. mind goes here she definitely does like it the challenge on acid and it's like spun on its I head. would agree and she's very like a uh, club kid which I yes. really love that in drag I love seeing that in drag and she yes. really does that she pulls it out okay another one of my favorites would definitely have to be Brooklyn Heights. I can't, I love that for you. And but. the reason, well, the reason I like her so much more now, and I know this is like, she has had help with like styling and makeup and hairstyles, mm-hmm. is, but watching Canada's Drag Race, her looks are like very put together. They're it's very, very on together. point. She very looks fish, very woman. Um, another one of my favorites, I would probably have to say, ooh, this is hard. This is really this is hard, hard, y'all. I just kept rattling off. I was like, oh, and I also love. Um, Honestly, I think Bianca Del Rio. Like, there's just something yeah. about being a comedy queen in an insult comic that's really funny. She's, like, definitely the first drag queen you would see on a cruise ship. Yes. And definitely. I mean that in the most complimentary way. Yeah. <laughs> she will not take that complimentary, but well, she's I... She's from Florida, girls. So. I mean, she practically is a cruise ship. She tastes like tapioca. And my last one... Ugh, my last favorite is Trixie Mattel. Yeah, I love Trixie. She has People... been one of my most favorite drag queens because, to me... She's one innovative. She took folk music and got an like, all time top let's make album. It gay. Yes, I went to one of her shows once. Did you? Which which album was it? The first one. It was the first one. She didn't perform anything from her album. It was more of like a comedy. Oh, I'm jealous. Like a comedy. I would show. love to see her in comedy. She did perform at the end, um, and just it like was one. one of the more famous songs from the album. But I forget what it was. But. Every single time I just think about her winning All-Stars and it made me so happy because her last All-Stars look... Which one was it? It was the poodle in the black, like, satin velvet dress. And she beat Shangela. She beat Shangela. Was that the one with the uh, fucking cameras? Uh (laughs) Um, no. I don't remember the black poodle one. She does turn out looks, though. Trixie turns out fucking looks. Plus, Uh is one of my favorite YouTube series of all time, even though it's garbage. That's your favorite. I love that. And so, I don't love that, but I love yeah, no, that. No, that was not. That was not RuPaul's good. look on that was so good. Um, and another reason I love her is Andrew and I did watch her documentary. Oh, yeah. And in watching her documentary, I just got a whole new respect for who she is as a person. You know, she's also starting Trixie Motel. It's like a, it's a reality series of her starting a motel. No. It's hysterical. Also, she, I've been watching some of her makeup videos that have been popping yes. up on twitter and i do like that she is supporting other queens and like their products that they're using and indigenous owned companies as well because she is indigenous yeah she is she also just um shouted out whitney rose from salt lake city is that true yeah one of her products so i'm i'm here for it okay what's next least favorite queens yeah you know i don't like willem just because she's funny she's very funny and i'm a comedy queen myself i think and i just don't get with her she's just messy af and like she's I don't know. I have a problem with her. Fight me. I don't care. I don't want to fight her because she looks like she really would, like, kill me if we ever fought. Um, I also don't really care for Eureka. I know. She's not my least favorite queen, but she turns out the same look over and over again. I I met her in person. Eureka, I love you. Keep doing what you do. Um, But she's just too polished for me as well, I think. You're too perfect, Eureka. I don't... Oh, okay. We'll say this. Drag Race Eureka is very different from We're Here Eureka. So I can see your point. And I've never seen We're Here. I know, I know I should. I'm not a real homosexual. I fucking 
literally kid you not, like, Did you, you cry? will cry. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I can't cry. I can't. Not since the accident. But, um, okay. So, I think, yeah, Willem, Eureka. Oh, I did not like Silky Nutmeg Ganache as a person. Um, drag queen, yes. Okay, great. She's great. I just couldn't get with her. And who else? There was one more that I was just like, oh, you kind of, like, rubbed me the wrong way. I'm sure I will remember. Laganja when she came out the first time. <laughs> Look on to the second time's great. Yeah. Look on to the first time was like too much for me. Who are your least favorite? So I'm gonna throw it back to season one. Uh, I did not like Rebecca Glasscock. Okay, yes. Thought she was very overly cocky for no reason. Um, I also agree with you. I didn't really like Silky Nutmeg Ganache. I just couldn't vibe with her personality. I think that she was a tremendous drag queen. I think she brought something to the show. Mm-hmm. But for me, I just was like... She brought something to the show, but... She she definitely brought views to the show. I just... I think I had more of appreciation of her the second time she came back. Because she did yeah. show a different side. I really don't like Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. No, I don't blame you there. And I don't like Miss Cracker. That's interesting. Because she's, like, very congenial. I don't think so. You don't think so? What and do you not like about her? I also don't like Valentina. You don't want to keep it on? I don't. Oh, wait, that wasn't Valentina. Yes, it was Valentina. Um, That's funny. Valentina... Val- Valentina, she... for me, this she switched it. She was really congenial the first time. And she the second was time. very nice. And the second time... Like, when we... I want to watch that reunion... And mm-hmm. all of the girls were like, she was this shady. happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And she was like, I love you all and I respect you. But did not acknowledge any of it. When Shea Coulee was like, girl, you're on that phone. Oh, I love every Shea. Check, every like, yeah. I love, oh, she's one of my favorites. She's too. actually one of my favorites too. I would agree with that. Black excellence right there. Yes, she really is. I would agree with that. Also, one of my least favorites, Candy Muse. I <laughs> Oh my God, yes. Her. I was like, when yes. you were talking, I was like, how did I forget Candy Muse? She has no talent. Come for me. She has no talent. Come for both of us, because I also agree. She doesn't sell good television. No. She's, I guess she's not even a nice person. She doesn't go out of her way to be nice, which I'm like, whatever. But also, I'm like, she's not, like, someone that I'm like, oh, you should be nice to her because she's nice. No. Also, her looks, to me, I'm sorry, her looks Flat. were not great. They were not great. They were ill-fitting. I'm like, you know you were Learn your shape. Proportionize. Exactly. And also... I have a problem with who, like, people who want to be the loudest person in the room. You, girl, you're going to get your airtime. You don't need to be the loudest person in the room. How and she you? also, in like, inserted fights for no reason. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, well, she would start them because I don't think she was, like, there enough to be, like, uh, what's the word? Relevant? She, yes, and also, like, girl, no one is here fighting with you. When RuPaul saved her, I was like... I can't I'm believe done. it. The gaggery. Also, I'm sorry. How did she make it to the top four? That's what I'm saying. That's how I feel about Georgia's right now. There is rigory afoot. Um, I think in the most recent season, there's chocolate bars. Yes. Another twist to the show that I'm not really sure why she's doing that. I think she I think is starting strategic. to lose like, relevancy. Yes. But I will say what I like about RuPaul's Drag Race is they do keep it fresh every like five or six seasons. Like they will change things completely and they don't really give a shit about what it actually does to the competition or like what the implications are. Um, case in point, the chocolate bars and the golden bar or whatever. And then like the lipstick, the lipsticks, which are infamous now, like everyone knows about lipstick voting and like 
especially on UK versus the world and in the past seasons, Bindula Krim putting herself out, which I'm like, I wish. Not Bindula Christ. Yes, Bindula Christ indeed. So I think that's the interesting part of the show. However, there's a lot of conspiracy theories and this is how gay I am. I will stay up and watch YouTube videos of people analyzing in depth conspiracy theories related to RuPaul's Drag Race and the like voting systems. It's fascinating. If you have enough time, I highly recommend you go. And if you're really, really bored, that's what you should do. I just, I just like am floored at the amount of time that people have in their day to like do this. They have so much extra time on their hands. It's ridiculous. I do definitely think there is rigory within the show. Yeah. Because Silky Nutmeg Ganache could not come back that many times in a row. Do you know what I mean? I will give her some of the concepts were great. I don't think she should have made it as far as she did, especially her lipstick against Scarlet Envy. Also like Scarlet Envy. However, I do mm-hmm. think hers was better, but. To me, I just, I think RuPaul inserting, like, kind of like an all-star twist in the regular season is her way of keeping frontrunners in the competition that she already knows that she wants to win. But that's rigory. It is rigory. I mean, that is absolutely, like, fixing the competition. Which there are other conspiracies. And, like, if we go back to uh, Brooklyn Heights being in, I think she was in the U.S. version, but, like, season 10 or 11 or 12. I think it was 10. So somewhere in there. And people say that there there's this thing called a backdoor pilot where essentially you create an episode within an existing series that features a character or an idea that you would like to have it spin off. So it's like an, an intentional spin off, like plant. So they planted Brooklyn Heights to see how Canada's drag race would test within like the TV community. And it apparently tested very well because there's two, three seasons now of Canada's drag race. Two, yes. Two. Where Brooklyn Heights is clearly the, you know, the judge, the the top leader. Um, But definitely not a top. So I think that's an interesting idea. I think more people should, like, delve into these whack job... Conspiracy theories. I think it's super hysterical. I mean, it really is super fun. I, like, now that you... I didn't know that was a conspiracy theory, but after you explaining it a little bit, I can see that. However... I don't know if it's necessarily true, so... No, I mean, there's no evidence. Well, because I'm like, who would have been the test pilot? Oh, my God. Maybe you're right. I think I'm right. Because (laughs) on the first season of UK, Mm -hmm. the Vivian won a competition in, I think, like, 2012 that RuPaul hosted. So then, Yeah. She talked about on her season. So maybe you're right, because now there's also... Is that... And that was, like, the backdoor pilot for UK. Yeah, and the backdoor pilot for France now that was just announced is Nikki Doll. Nikki Doll. And people are and she so was, upset about yes. it. Yes. I wonder why they're upset about it. Because people don't think that people think that because she didn't go far enough in her season that she's not qualified for it. But I'm like, if you look back, all of her concepts are very high fashion, very avant-garde. Yeah, she's a fashion queen. And also she's from France, so what's the problem? Nikki Doll. Uh, there are interesting queens that come in to play. Like Lady Camden right now in UK. I think that's like a fluke. It is a fluke, but it is kind of out of nowhere, in my opinion. She's English and she's in the United States. How dare she? I'm just kidding. No xenophobia here. Well, the only thing that I can't place my finger on is who would who would who would it have been for Holland, Italy, and well, not Jenny Jacquet. I'll tell you that oh much. My God, trash, <laughs> trash. Second go around was trash. Absolutely trash. Um. Okay, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there is an answer. And maybe there is just garbage, you know? There's definitely, like, nonsense on the internet. Let's be for real. Most of the internet is actually nonsense, if you think about it. But that's a very interesting thing. I definitely want to delve more into, kind of, like, the conspiracy theories and everything. But I don't know 
if I'm enjoying the twist of like the chocolate. The bar chocolate bar doesn't make any sense to me, and everyone makes a joke that like if it were real chocolate, it'd be more. It would just be soup. Yes, I love that idea. Who do you think's gonna have the chocolate bar, the golden bar? I think it's gonna be someone from the next episode. You think so? But that'd be that's too many queens. So. Six of them are up for elimination. I definitely think if George oh, is... Oh, I forgot. There's, like, the massive lip sync this week. I definitely think if George is in the bottom, she might have the golden bar. Like, no joke. Why? What does because she know about RuPaul that's keeping her on the show this long? I think because RuPaul likes her so much. Because she... To, so, to me, George is nothing but a performance queen. She she can't back she can anything up in comedy. She can't, she can't act, like, for crap. And every single time she gets in front of something where they ask questions she's like oh my god i can't i can't even think right now it's not cute don't be rude how old is she also i think she's it's funny when 20s. like when the queens are so young and everyone makes fun of them but that happened with like a lot of them and they showed them out who did the robot gg remember when gg was like oh god so she's good like, that bitch i love gg still that's a lot there's a lot of lore and like back knowledge and like backstory behind rupals well it's also crazy just for like casting so, mm-hmm. when I know, like, a new All-Star season comes out, I'll, like, Google, like... Who's gonna be on the season. And people look at their calendars for, like, when they block everything off, because this is filmed within a month period. Oh, yeah, and they'll, like, track their social media activity for, like, yeah. the weeks before. Oh, my gosh, they're insane. And I always feel bad as a gay man, because I'm, like, my my good Judy... I work with her, but we've been friends for a long time, Nicole biologically female and that bitch can read you to filth with rupaul's trivia she's like oh on season eight of episode three she will tell you exactly what that queen said and what the lip sync was and who won she knows everything and i'm just like i forget who it was like last season let's be for real but i don't pay a lot of attention i mean clearly look at me so that's interesting to me too so if you like if you span like how mainstream it's become it's not just gays watching it obviously Mm -mm. there's the queens watching it Yes, but there's also, like, the white girl from down the block. There's three girls from down the other block who, again, can quote the entire show. My mom quoted it the other day, and I was like, how did you even hear about that? And she heard about it from the internet. My mom loves to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Every single time I go down to visit her, she's like, can we watch RuPaul? Yes, we can. And you can watch it whenever you want to, Sarah Ann. I did. I gave her my yes, World absolutely. of Wonder login. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thanks for WoW, by the way. That's incredible. Another thing that I thought about was, like, how queens are edited. And they come out of the show and they're like, I was edited to be, like, a villain. And, like, and I'm like, no, you weren't. You said it. No. And RuPaul says that, too. She's like, you said what you said. Which I think is hysterical. I mean, Roxy Andrews, like, don't pure even, villain both Don't times. even say her name. Phoebe O'Hara, pure villain. <gasps> Phoebe O'Hara is evil. I remember when she came back and she was just like, I'm different. I'm better than I was last time. And she was just as messy as she was the first time. Yeah, her whole fight with Alyssa Edwards when she was like, go ahead, Alyssa, play the victim. And I was like, what victim card is Alyssa Girl, playing? She's literally like, oh, you had a lot to say about me. Is that correct? And play the victim. Like, I said, I feel. And Alyssa was like, okay, but... I knew you were going to say that shit. She's horrible. I love Alyssa, but she's also kind of a crazy person. I mean, in a good way, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. She feels her oats way too much. Oh, she definitely does. Oh my god. Back rolls! (laughs) Gigi Gunn, pure villain. Oh, remind me of Gigi Gunn. I don't remember her that much. Oh, uh, yes, I do, actually. Yes, she was absolutely... Yes, I remember. Now that I remember, yes. Latrice Royale, pure villain. Latrice was not a villain. I love Latrice. In All-Stars 4, she was completely a villain. She literally was like, we don't talk about All-Stars 1 because I got eliminated, so I've only been on it three times, girl. And then she she also literally was like, I should make it to the top four because I put in my years. But that doesn't make her a villain. That just makes her delusional. (laughs) I would say a little bit of a villain. She is, I guess so. 
you know she wanted to get Monique Hart out of there. And I was like, Monique Hart deserves to be in the top four, bitch. So. No, yes. I absolutely love Mo, too. She's been a little crazy on this season, though. I did not like her on Work the World. Or no. UK versus the uh, yeah, World. Yeah, UK versus the World. She's been a little bit. She, feel, she is feeling her oats this season, I think. She's definitely, like, in her diva feels. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about, like, crossing over of... I like it, but I, I think it's different. It's interesting because of the queens that they choose. Do you know what I mean? So, like, why did they choose Janie Jacquet? For Holland. With yeah. that many, like, I, I just don't know. Like, good choices across the board. Some of them were not great. So I guess that's kind of like the competition. We have no say in it as viewers. So it's clearly yeah. RuPaul choosing who's going to be on that that show. I think she really wanted to just, like, pick from the different franchises he had. I wish she would have picked from Australia. I would have loved to have seen a couple Australia was very Australia. good. And I think the reason why she picked Janie Jacquet is Janie had a very good run in her own season. Mm. And Envy Peru wasn't available. I mean, Envy Peru would have been. My I first did not choice. watch Holland. Is I it did. is it in English and it's is it no, it's girl. in Dutch? It's in Dutch and it's subtitled. Yes, I don't know. I had to stop watching Italy because I just like. Aren't the queens really pretty on Italy though? Some of them are, but I, heard... I had like I kept watching their mouths, so I would miss the subtitles fully. You need to start reading. Reading is so hard. <laughs> reading is hard. I actually love subtitles in a show, even when it's English. Why don't we talk about the judging panel for a little bit? I think we should, because you have some very strong feelings. I do. First of all, I want to say, the judging. I miss the judging panel from the earlier seasons. I miss Merle Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. I really miss Santino Rice. I know you do. I love Santino. I also love Santino. He was very objective, which I liked. And he came from the fashion world, so I felt like he could more speak on like the elements of them putting sure. their garments together instead of like Carson or... And Carson being like, oh, that's gorgeous. I know he was the fashion guy on Queer Eye, but like... Right. But is that really enough? But Santino only won... Santino won America... He won uh, the Runway show. Project Runway? Yes. Did he? I think that's how he he became famous. It was either that... It was... I think it was Project Runway. He won like season two. And you know what he did with it? He became a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Honey... Oh, he was on Project Runway. Oh, shit. Yeah, he that. won Project Runway, like, the second season, I think it was. Oh, damn. Which is really funny to me. He, well, look at you. I knew that. Snaps for you. I mean, I really like him. Like I said, he's objective, but there was drama there. I think there was drama with the production, or maybe he just went on his way and I made all that up, but... I think he... I believe he went on his way. He was there for seven seasons. Which... And he did a great job. And I also don't think they would bring Santino Rice back in a couple of the other seasons if there was bad blood there. And he has been back. Yeah, he has been back. Well, I like to think there's drama, so I'm going to continue doing that. However... There was definitely drama with Merle Ginsburg and Michelle I don't Sage. remember him. That's a woman, girl. That's exactly what I said. Um, who is he? <laughs> so Merle Ginsburg, I believe, was a comedian. Well, which seasons was he on? She was on she... <laughs> one through three. I'm just going to say he. And then Michelle... No, she was... Yeah, she was on one through three, and then Michelle took over from four to... I can't believe Michelle came on present. so late. But she's been friends with RuPaul since forever. Yeah, which I I understand bringing her good Judy. One thing I have, like, re- I have a lot of reservations about Michelle Passage. Yeah, she does sometimes make decisions, and I'm like, that wasn't really, like, a clean call in terms of judgment. You know what I mean? Also, she's wicked harsh. I will never forget when she read Adore Delano for Phil. Oh my gosh, with the hog body line. Come on, girl. Yeah, and she was like, <laughs> are you just like, do you care? It's like very blasé. And I'm like, girl, you literally just, like, told her she didn't have, like any drive or anything and it pissed me off because they tore a lot together mm-hmm. so michelle should know adore's aesthetic right but it's also rupaul's drag race i kind of agree with her 
I don't. I you hate, don't. I don't like Michelle. You don't like Michelle at all. I also don't like her newest, latest fashion trend with the gray hair. I, I think it's just too much. Her Peppy Le Pew stripe is... Yeah. To me, it sometimes it hits a little weird. Like you said, I think you said earlier, she's too on the nose. She's She is very produced. Yeah. Her look the, is very produced. Like, the outfits are becoming like, I'm like, where is this going? I don't think... Th- I think that's the point. But y- here's the thing. You have to show up to this job every fucking week and have a different look. But she also gets paid very well, so I'm like, she's just sitting in a chair and people are, like, putting makeup on her. Yeah, but she also, I guess, has, she has to have some sort of, like, idea of what she's gonna wear, and she does do her hair differently every week. Well, the people who do her hair. Yes, you're right. You are right there. You don't like the stripe. I think sometimes it's gorgeous, and sometimes I'm like, it's a little too much for me. I like her hair big. In certain hairstyles, I, I'll give it, it looks good. Yeah, but, but sometimes it, it does, because it, yeah. it looks a little cracked out. Also, I can't believe I forgot to leave this out, but I, as a Ru- as RuPaul, like, as a judge, I do commend her. She actually has taken some of the queens from the past seasons and has employed them. Like, Raven does her makeup. Yes. And Delta worked as her wardrobe. I love that. And I think that's great. And Delta, both of, Raven and Delta are goddesses, in my opinion, because RuPaul looks fucking gorgeous in every single episode and every single season she has turned it out there have been like a few dresses where i'm like i don't know but almost every single time i'm like i want her to spit on me oh i'm a very harsh critic i'm like don't like that like three times out of ten i like i like that look when she did that mole you didn't like the mole. i was like that's so i don't bad. really remember having an opinion about the mole but i will go back and look at pictures because sometimes i'm like she does she does things. She makes choices. What can we say? I think also it's something that makes my decision up for her looks. Ruples. She's like 11 feet tall. So when whenever she yeah. puts on heels and a dress, I'm like, this woman is a statuesque goddess. And she can't really do wrong in my eye. Other than the fracking and like being transphobic earlier on, which I'm glad she made a decision. She's still fracking, by the way. She won't. She'll probably do it till she dies. But until this planet dies. Do you have a favorite like, style of drag? Like, comedy, pageant? Um, yeah, I do. I like artsy drag. I like I like art drag. I don't love drag that takes itself too seriously. I don't... But I also want, like... I want clean... Cl- like, I want a clean aesthetic. I want a well-thought-out aesthetic. I don't like trash drag. The high camp drag bores so me. Betty. Well, I like Acid Betty, yes. Um, I love Jimbo's looks. I think they're thought out. I loved Sasha. I loved Simone, obviously. These are, like, these are, to me, like, high art looks. I like that. I think that's theatric. I love, I love that sort of, like, Met Gala drag. I want to be wowed every time. I know it's not sustainable. I love the, like, classic drag, but it bores me. Pageant drag bores me. Um, Like, if you come out in a bodysuit every single fucking week, you're boring to yeah, me. Georgia's. If you wear a pageant gown every week, go home. Like, you can do that anywhere. I could do that. I couldn't do it as well as you could, but I can put on a, a dress that I bought or that someone made for me. I want to be wowed, like I said. I want rose petals to come out of your hair. I want your dress to be 12 fucking feet long behind you on the train made out of individually sewn bandanas. Like, that's what I want. That's my favorite sort of drag. I like drag that just tells a story. Is that generic? No, I don't think so. Do you have a favorite type of drag? I mean, I'm going to play opposite. I love pageant drag. You love the pageant drag. If it is gorgeous. Me, if you give me a very well, like, new innovative kind of gown or hair, like, I'm all there for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, one of the most prettiest things that, like, have, has ever been done. But I do also enjoy the edgy stuff. Like, um, I really enjoy, I like I said, Crystal Method. I really also enjoy... Um, 
Diabetes looks. I like her looks. And one problem I have with the current seasons, I keep saying that Diabetes is really like Crystal Method, and I'm going off on a tangent, but <laughs> they're incorrect. Go off. I just think her lips are different, her eyes are different, it's not the same thing. Yes, it's her minds, but they're also from the same family, and you're the one who invited her on the show, so shut the fuck up, Michelle. You knew that was gonna happen. And they critiqued her for it, which I loved. And she still got out of it pretty quickly. Like, it's not like she was so attached to being, like, even akin to Crystal Method. I would agree with you. I really like her looks, too. And when she did the design challenge that Georges won, and remember when she was like, I just don't think you should have won. I agreed with her there. I don't she agree with how she did won. it. Oh, I do. She but, confronted her. She said it out loud. It wasn't like she said it to other people and was like... That's true. You know, I don't think she really is a villain. She's not a villain. Everyone gets cocky. It's she's not RuPaul's best friend race. Exactly. It's not RuPaul's best friend race. So maybe it's not just the editing. Or maybe it is just the editing. I don't know. That's I think very she's just speaking her mind. What about... That's painted as like being mean and tearing somebody down. Which is rude as for them to do that to her. You can say the word fuck. No, I can't. <laughs> but that's the editing, which we, we could probably do a whole episode on like RuPaul's editing. Like, oh, it's 100%. very, I mean, of course they've been doing it for a very long time and they know how to edit a TV show, but people don't take it the same way as it actually happened while recording. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's, that's any given thing. Like if you read a message over text message and you think somebody might have a bitchy tone, you're like, oh, well she's being a bitch today. Context, nuance. Exactly. All of these things exist within the drag world. My last question, mm-hmm. and I think rounds out the episode. Sure. If you could do drag, mm-hmm. what would your drag name be? Well, all of the... I've been keeping a list for quite a while, because I'm a homosexual male, and that's what we do. And I just want to read a few of them to you. Go right ahead. So, I really like Bertha Kid, which... Uh, some of these may have already been taken. I don't think so. I've never heard of Bertha Kid. I'm sure they exist. But also, the only... Drag race names I know I have been on TV. Sure. So. Which is another whole topic that we could talk about. Yes. Uh, Trudy Venuti, which was actually a real person. I can't tell you where I found that name, but Trudy Venuti. I think that's hysterical. It's like a candy that went horribly wrong in the 80s. Uh, Polly Farton, Urethra Franklin. I like Twin K. Just Twin K. And then uh, Thomasina Twin Gate as well. But I think one of my favorites I've ever thought of is Coxandra. I do like that one. Coxandra. I could see you as Coxandra or Bertha Kid. Bertha Kid, I love it. Are you gonna? Do, are do you have any names in your repertoire that you're gonna come out wearing a wig? I don't have like any that like super inspire me, and maybe I should start a running list like you do. But I came across a couple ones that I thought were kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So Anaconda, Anaconda, or um, Missy. Sorry, Missy O'Neary style. It's like missionary style. Missy O'Neary style. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. And then Estra Jennifer. Estra Jennifer is cute. And then um, there's like ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Izzy Uncut. Which I think, I really do think that's a real drag queen. If that's not a real drag name, I'm gonna, I have to have it. It might be, honestly. Izzy Uncut is a gorgeous drag name. And House of Uncut, come on. Like, it just, it lends itself to a storyline. Or like... Misdemeanor. Yeah, definitely. Or Macy Sumcox. Macy, Macy Sumcox. Yeah. I don't get that one. Like, can I see some cox? Megan Whoopi. Oh, like making Whoopi. Yes, I love that. Miranda writes. And also, <laughs> Jenny from the cock. I just think it's great. I'm still, I'm still Jenny, Jenny from, from the, the cock. I think that's excellent. Drag name, drag is so much fun. It is. Well, this has been another great episode of us just gabbing with you gals so thank you for joining us at queers in your ears goodbye from the kiki and have a gay day hey queer wigs 
Jamie here. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. Now that you've heard our voices, we want to hear yours. So leave a review and rating on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite streaming platform. And go follow us at Queers in Your Ears on Instagram. Goodbye, queer wigs. <laughs>